Well, good morning, Faithbrook Church. It is so good to be with you both on site and online this morning. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Brendan. I'm the pastor of Student Ministries here at Faithbrook Church. And if you are a first-time guest with us, I want to welcome you. Thank you so much for checking us out. As a way to thank you, we would love to donate $5 on your behalf to feed my starving children. All you need to do is go to faithbrook.church slash guest, fill out a little bit of basic information, and we would love to connect with you and then make that donation on your behalf. Thank you so much again for checking us out. It's now summertime here at Faithbrook Church, and that means that our student ministries midweek meetings are done until next fall. We had a fantastic year. Level Up got the chance to create and donate fleece tie blankets for organizations who work with kids who have trauma that they're going through. Level Up also had the chance to have an Easter egg hunt, a Christmas party, and a fantastic end of year party. At Faithbrook Youth, we had an awesome year where we kicked it off going to our district fall retreat, and we had a blast up there. We also had the chance to have a Christmas party and an end of year party that we just wrapped up this past week. Overall, for the whole school year, 40 students came to these ministries and we had the chance to preach each and every week to them a Bible-centered message. And we gave them the chance to respond to the gospel of Jesus where we had four students between the two ministries say yes and have, are now beginning to follow Jesus. This is an awesome thing that we get to celebrate here and it would not be possible without your generous giving. If you have given generously to the mission of Faithbrook Church, I want to thank you. It's because of you that we are able to impact students to lead them to new and thriving life in Christ. If you aren't giving to Faithbrook, I'd encourage you to consider it because it takes all of us together to have a greater impact for our future. If you'd like to give, the easiest way to do so is through the Church Center app. Go to your respective app store, download the app, select Faithbrook as your church, and from there on out, it's really easy to give and set up amounts to give. Now it's my privilege to welcome our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, to the stage as we continue in our series, A Journey of Grace. Ernest Hemingway said, every man's life ends the same way. It's only in the details of how he lived and how he died that distinguishes one man from another. Well, welcome to Faith for this morning. I'm Pastor Jim. I'm pretty fired up, especially after that wonderful worship sect. I heard you singing. It was jamming out. That was a great time. I'm so glad that you are here. Maybe you're traveling today. You're going to watch this later during the week. I hope it blesses your heart. Well, it is the weekend of memorial where we spend some time of remembering those who have gone before us and especially those who have fought for our freedom. Now, when we think about how we live and how we die, it kind of reminds us of this door on my left, this door of, of death. Ooh. We also have this door over here, the door of birth. And in this month of May, We've been discovering that we're on a journey. We've discovered that no matter who you are, where you're from, every person has to go through these two doors. The day that we're born, we walk through that, that door, and then one day, everyone's going to walk through that door of death. And in between is this journey that we're on. And then in this between is where God's grace lives. And we've been learning about God's amazing grace, the journey of grace. Now, one of the first things we learned about God's amazing grace is his seeking grace, his provenient grace, as the scholars would say. This is the, the grace that draws us, 
that is always working around us. In fact, it even is working before we're even born. We know that the Bible says that God uh, intimately and personally created each person uniquely in the mother's womb. We're so valuable to God. Did you know, realize there's 7 million people on this planet Earth and not one person is the same as another because God's unique hand is in each one of us. Before we're even born, God is seeking, creating. He loves us. And so when we're born, he, he's, he's drawing us to him. He's working around us. No matter how far we get from God, how much we ignore from God, he's never going to stop seeking us. And then that one day, we realize, you know what? We're far from God. When we cross that line of the death door, we, we might have a problem. We need a salvation. We need to be redeemed. And we come to that, sal- that saving grace of Christ, that we ask Christ to come into our heart. We say yes to him in a, in a real, authentic way. We also learn a lot of times we kind of just stop right there. We're like, whew, got that done. That's good. Hopefully that I got some heaven in my, my future here. God, God saved me. But we don't grow a lot of times. We get kind of stuck as, as immature Christians. Uh, we play around with God. We've got a pseudo kind of religion or Christianity, maybe a, a, a kind of an infant. Um, and we have to mature. And God's amazing grace compels us to be fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ as we grow. So this journey is it, kind of like life. It, it's going pretty good until there's afflictions, there's problems. Kind of reminds me of, of this meme about the, these poor dogs, right? It's all fun and games until someone ends up in a cone, right? You see, ever seen those poor dogs? They're, they're all happy, and they come back from the vet, and they got this big cone, and they're sad, right? There's been some damage, and now they, they're afflicted with this cone, they're busting into stuff, and it's a sad thing. It's kind of cute. Well, uh, it kind of reminds us of life, but all, in all seriousness, life it can be nice and easy until it, there's a problem, and it starts getting real serious. Now, I would suggest to you that the closer we get to that door, more afflictions and a little bit more sufferings, uh, the, the stakes get a little bit higher as we come to the door of death. And when we have to grapple with pain and suffering, it's not always easy. In fact, even for believers, the issue of pain and suffering is one of the hardest issues to get our head around. Where is God? Why am I hurting so much? Well, what will happen when I come to the end of my life? Or will it be easy to cross death's door? Will God's amazing grace be there? Can I handle it? Reminds me of the quote by James Patterson. A funny thing about facing intimate death is that it really snaps everything into perspective. Yeah, I've seen people having a nice life and all of a sudden there's a loved one that passes away suddenly, or someone constricts cancer, and things get real serious. What's going on? Where is God? Maybe some of you on this weekend are a little saddened because you realize the reality of life. You've had some loved ones pass through that door of death, and there's some mourning, there's some grief, there's some tragedy that's been in your past. Sometimes this, this pain and suffering can even touch the best of people. I'm, I'm thinking of the global pandemic that we're trying to come out of and how much change and suffering and even loss of life have come through this global pandemic. I'm thinking of two precious godly ladies this morning. They're fighting for their life 
They love God with all their heart, and yet affliction, suffering has come their way. The Bible says that the, it rains on the just and the unjust. doesn't matter who you are. We will have to deal with suffering, affliction, pain, even death. A good example of someone wrestling with this, this pain and suffering is the Apostle Paul. Many of you know that the Apostle Paul, he was, he was one of the Hall of Famers of, of the Bible and, and of God. Uh, this guy was a driven, dedicated minister. He was the first missionary. He, he wrote practically half the New Testament. He started all these new churches, and, and, and there was just an anointing on his life. And yet, the Apostle Paul understood about pain and suffering and disappointment. We see this as he's sharing in a, in a passage in the Bible in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He's writing to these Christians, this church in Corinth that, that he started. He's corresponding with them, and he's kind of sharing his journey, a journey of grace, especially in afflictions and suffering. Would, would God show up for him? Would he be able to handle it? So I just want to call your attention to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and see if amazing, God's amazing grace could help him and help us. And so this is what he wrote to those people that we can uh, learn from today. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Now let's just look at this for a minute. I was given a thorn in my flesh. Now we're not certain what the thorn was. Uh, some scholars think that maybe he was losing his eyesight Maybe there was just some a person who was just really giving him problems. Maybe there was a new disease that was showing up. This thorn is irritating in his life. A, a messenger of Satan. Um, we don't see that word too often, but, but he kind of filtered it through the, the evil one. The, the, the Satan could have been attacking him. Didn't Jesus say that the evil one comes to steal, kill, and destroy? So, so there's this force, and sometimes we underestimate the power of Satan that wants to crush us, to defeat us, to hurt us. And so here's this, this metaphor of this thorn. It's a, it's a great category to, for us that, that what we're going through could, could be labeled as a thorn that is afflicting us, and a messenger from Satan is tormenting. Something is not good in his life that he's suffering with. And so we see that three times he pleaded with the Lord. The, the Lord uh, pleaded, is, he, is, he is petitioning, he is lamenting to the Lord. God, please give me deliverance. You are able. I ask that you relieve me from this torment, this, this thorn that is in my flesh. You ever been there? You ever cried out to God? This lamenting is in the Bible. God doesn't uh, avoid us lamenting to him. In fact, if you get into the book of Psalms in the Old Testament, it's full of saints that are just being authentic and honest with God and say, God, I don't understand. In fact, I'm really upset. They, they lament to God. So here's the Apostle Paul, Mr. Everything. He's here just kind of broken, lamenting, crying out to God to take this, this thorn away from him. So, so how did God respond? What, what about this amazing grace of God? So this is what he continued to write. This is the response. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness 
so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. Can you imagine? He's delighting in his weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. Ah, for when I'm weak, then I am strong. What an incredible passage. So let's just chew on this a little bit and unpack this passage right here. Let's not just get through it here. So God is in the midst of our pain. Now, now Paul is pleading for healing. In fact, Paul has had has some experience with some incredible victories. He's he's been healed before. There's been some miraculous uh, deliverances in his life and his ministry. But this time, this time, it doesn't seem to be showing up. And so he says, he said to me. Now, now let's not gloss over that. He said to me. When's the last time we heard from God? I would suggest to you that it is in the broken times, the desperate times, the times that we just feel like we are all by ourselves and we are hurting. Those are the times sometimes that we're so seeking God. We're so hungry for some answer and direction is is when God can speak to us. It's that God can teach us if we're available with that heart to say, God, I don't understand. Please teach me. I'm listening. And in those times, God can speak into our life and direct us. And so apparently this is what happened in these broken moments of of Paul's life. God spoke to him. and, And what did God speak to him? He said these words, my grace is sufficient for you. Now that word sufficiency means to to suffice, to be adequate, uh, to even to satisfy. If something is sufficient, it's enough, even enough to satisfy. One definition of sufficient means enough to meet the needs of a situation. Enough to meet the needs of the situation. Ah, many times, my friends, God's grace is just enough. Not a whole bunch of grace and, and man, everything's going to be easy. Just enough to suffice. Sometimes we use the phrase just one day at a t- time. Sometimes you've experienced maybe one hour at a time. We're holding on in the midst of darkness. We're holding on in the midst of doubt. We're holding on in, in the midst of pain, believing and receiving God's grace will be adequate for this hour for this day, for this season. We're reminded of this in the Old Testament. We see this in the book of Exodus as as the people of Israel uh, were delivered from Egypt and they're they're going to the promised land and things are looking good, but there's some doubt and there's some disobedience and God's upset. And so he says, you know what? I'm going to punish the older generation by by letting you wander in the desert. You're just going to have to bend pretty much on yourself. They had no resources. They had no armament. They're just completely broken people dependent on God. And God would send manna. Manna were kind of like these little bread flakes that just materialized in the morning. They were so fragile that you couldn't storm. You couldn't hoard them. You couldn't rely on them every morning. They would have to just see once again if God would bring these flakes down for them to nourish themselves. And every day God was consistent and faithful, just enough for the day not anymore. And sometimes that's the way God's grace is, just enough to satisfy. When the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray, Jesus taught them this way, give us our 
daily bread. What? He didn't say, God, give us our monthly bread, our weekly bread, our, our year's wages so we can just kind of come down a daily bread, just enough. And who did he say he was? He said, I'm the bread of life. I, I, you can count on me. And maybe, and many times, God's grace and presence is like those little manna, just enough for that day, just to get us through. He will be sufficient. He will suffice. He is the bread of life. Dr. David Busick, one of our, our movement leaders, interpreted this passage in 2 Corinthians this way. When you come to the end of your human strength, I will give you my supernatural strength. When your enemy runs out, when your energy runs out, my energy will be made alive in you. When you cannot go any farther, I will pick you up and carry you rest in my arms. He will carry us. He wants to carry us. And this is what the Apostle Paul was discovering that is in his power that is made perfect. Now, Paul, like many of us, has always been used to his power. Uh, Paul was very talented. He was driven. He was highly educated, very self-sufficient. And now he's kind of broken. Now he's at the end of his rope. Now he has no more strength and energy. He has to be dependent. And there comes God's power. Could it be that we sometimes have to learn this? That we have to just humble ourselves and let God's power rest on us instead of our sufficiency? I heard about a, a story of a man who had come to church and, and he loved wearing his, his, his suit coat and he had a lapel pin. And he was notorious for having a little bulldog on his lapel, that, that pin, a bulldog. And so one day the, the pastor came to this man and said, oh, I, I noticed you always had that bulldog. That's a nice symbol. What is that all about? And the man said, oh, I put that on almost every day to remind me to hang on to God like a bulldog, that I'm going to be tenacious to hang on to God. He's on the pastor said, oh, that, that's a wonderful symbol, but it's bad theology. And the man's like, what? What? Bad theology? What, what do you mean? He, the pastor said, it's the other way around. As much as you want to hang on to God, the, the truth is God's hanging on to you. God's hanging on to you like a bulldog. He is not going to let you go. He won't forsake you. He won't forget you no matter how dark it is. He went all the way to the cross for you, and he will not let you go. This is what Paul was discovering, that Christ was hanging on to him even in his darkest, painful moments. And Christ will hang on to you. He will be there. Kind of reminds us of the, the famous footprints poem story. Many of you could probably have heard about that story. There's two footprints in the sand. The man is walking with, with God and things are going well. And all of a sudden, there's affliction. There's suffering. There's pain. The burden is overwhelming. They continue to walk. And, and the man notices that behind him, there's only one set of footprints. And he just assumes because there's affliction and there's there's burden, there's sorrow. He's like, well, there, there was God. He just walked away. Was all, I'm all by myself, or I was all by myself walking in the sand, carrying this heavy load. And so he confronts God and says, see, why am I the only one walking? There's only one set of footprints. You left me. God said, no, that's not the truth. The truth of the matter is those are my footprints because I picked you up. And for this journey, I have been carrying you. That's what God can do for us, his amazing, sufficient grace for 
in us. And many times it takes faith to understand this. I've noticed that in the Christian life, we don't really appreciate faith or really need faith. We can sing about faith. We can talk about faith. But when things are good, we really don't need faith. But man, when things are bad, it's when faith can kick in. We either, either faith is, is a fairy tale or it's the truth. And we have to ask ourselves and tell ourselves, this is a time to trust. Even though I can't feel God, even though I don't understand the affliction and the pain and the sorrow and the grief, God's going to carry me, is carrying me. I'm going to believe this by faith. Now, for myself, I've, I've, I wasn't blessed with the, the faith gift. I just don't naturally walk around saying, man, everything's going to be awesome. God can do it. I've just self-discovered in my life that, that that's not one of my strengths. However, I've also train myself and teach myself to have a faith mentality. I call it the yes mentality. So often in my life, I will go through my spiritual and emotional routine, and, and I will choose to have a yes mentality. And so I realize, well, you know, God, things don't look that good, and, and I'm not happy with this, and there's some suffering and worry, okay? So I have to say, Jim, are you going to just give in to your circumstances and your worry, or are you going to put on the armament of, of faith, of yes, and yes, I'm going to believe that God is not going to forsake me. I'm going to believe that God is going to work all things out for the good. I'm going to believe that God is moving all around me, and we go forth in a confidence, in, in a life of faith in Christ Jesus. So we see at the end that Paul comes to the conclusion, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness. Can you imagine that? What's going on there? A lot of times we just slip by the word therefore, but that word therefore kind of symbolizes a shift in his mindset. He's made a shift in being so dependent on himself and kind of warring and petitioning and pleading with God that now he's like, no, therefore, I'm going to own it. I'm just going to lean into my weakness. You know, sometimes when, when pain and suffering come our way, we fight God. Man, we just on it. We're just petitioning. We're pleading. We're mad. We're resisting it, right? We understand. Sometimes that's when we give up on God and say, well, you didn't answer my prayer. You must not love me. You must not be a, a God of grace. And somewhere, sometimes God speaks to us and says, would you trust me? Would you be willing to release it into me? And lean into your weakness instead of deliverance and ease in your life. Sometimes these critical seasons in our life come when we discover we have chronic conditions that the doctors can't solve, medicine can't solve. We've pleaded. And so what do we do with chronic pain? What do we do with chronic situations? Sometimes there's family situations. Man, God, I never planned for this. This is not what your plan was, but... My family didn't turn out like I thought, and so we either can be uh, bitter and upset and mad at God, or we, this is my lot. This is who I am now. Sometimes I, I see families that have special needs children. All the other children seem to be healthy and going well, but my child's different. My child has some disabilities and some afflictions. And so what do you, what do, you do with that? I, I would submit to you that one of the things that Paul did, and we can even Christ is as we, as we surrender it. Sometimes I use the term as radical surrender. Are you, are you crazy? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to just give it over to God. I can't control it. 
I'm tired of fighting God with it, and I'm, I'm going to just all the more gladly boast, this is my lot. I'm going to be okay with this. Jesus kind of did this while he was hanging on the cross. He came to the end of his physical energy, and he said this, into your hands I commit my spirit. Into your hands, Father God, I commit my spirit. He was done fighting. He couldn't go anymore, and there was a shift. There was a surrender. There was a release. Into your hands, I commit my life. Your will be done. I'm not going to carry it anymore. Man, if there was ever a time that the stakes get high and we worry a lot is when we get close to the, the door of death. Many of you know or have experienced loved ones that have come up against it where there's some diseases, there's some situations we know we think about people in hospice, right? They're getting close to the door of death. Do they want to leave this world? Probably not, right? So somewhere we have to ask ourselves, is God's sufficient grace going to be there? Came across a story of a person who was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer. Due to the uncommonness of this disease, the doctors tried everything they could various forms, various therapies, even some experimental drugs. But sadly, this cancer was so aggressive, they could not solve it. Eventually, the family shared a post. And this is what the, the posting said. While the medical treatment options are diminishing, the reality of God's presence is increasing. While the medical treatment options are diminishing, the reality of God's presence is increasing. My friends, I can promise you, no matter what you're going to go through, even the last hours and days of death, God's grace will increase. And whatever we go through, he will be there to see us through. His presence will increase. His grace will be sufficient. And we can have confidence of this if we're willing to, to surrender, if we're willing to shift and, and, and receive God's sufficiency his grace. You know, when we come to that last day of our life, our last breath, there's some comfort in knowing that the life will continue on. A medical doctor, Richard Kelly, said this about the future and eternity. On the day of your earthly death, take heart in knowing that you will be going on an almost unimaginable place where you will exist with Christ for eternity. The good news about Christians on this Memorial Sunday is that life doesn't end. Our spirit will continue forever and ever. This journey here is temporary. This journey is very fragile. This journey can be filled with all kinds of disappointments and suffering and pain. But the other side, if we have received grace, salvation, grace of salvation, then there's eternal life with Jesus Christ that will be heaven that would be paradise with him. I think Paul got this. I think Paul understood the shift and the blessing and to see death differently than, than most people. And he said this three chapters later in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 15. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, are, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He saw death as victory, not the end, not a defeat. And so he comes to this conclusion, for when I'm weak, I am strong. He's made the shift. For when I'm weak, huh, that's when God's power, his supernatural divine power can work through me. 
So when we look at this, this passage and we, and we look at pain and the sufficiency of grace, we, we can come to this conclusion that God's sufficient grace turns our weakest moments into his strongest moments. God's sufficient grace turns our weakest moments into our strongest moments. We could have this assurance that when our day comes and our affliction comes, that God's grace will be sufficient for us. Maybe not over the top, not perfectly uh, painless, but it will be adequate in our weakest moment. He will carry us when we can't carry ourselves. Yes, it takes a spiritual shifting. It takes a, a spiritual uh, surrender to, to let it go and to trust him. But in these times, in these dark times, surrendering times is when God's presence, his strength, his ability can lead us and take us through those times. His power can rest on us in difficult times. You know, I'm, I'm impressed on how God's power can rest on broken people. I'm thinking a, a, a real hero through the years, Johnny Erickson. This young lady was an athletic, uh, bright young lady in the 70s. He, she dove into a lake. It was shallow. She broke her neck. Immediately, she became a quadriplegic. She couldn't walk. She couldn't use her arms or her hands. only thing that was available to her was her mouth. And one day, she discovered that if she put a, a paintbrush in her mouth and that maybe she could paint some things. And pretty soon she realized she had some talent there and she started painting pictures and they were awesome and wonderful and people would buy them. And she started getting some popularity of her paintings. The, the, the girl who could paint with her mouth these beautiful pictures. She also discovered that she had a voice that she could use. In fact, she could sing. She had a beautiful voice and she put out some albums and people started buying. And here's a lady who didn't give up on life. Here's a lady who couldn't use her arms and her legs, and so she started speaking, and, and they would wheel her in on stages with her wheelchair and, and put a mic there, and she would speak and encourage and inspire people. Today, she still has her, her, her uh, large radio audience, and so through her ministry, millions of people have been impacted because she speaks into lives with disabilities. People have been broken, people in weakness. And in her weakness, God's power has been resting and speaking through her. Did she get delivered? Did she have a wonderful miracle? No, but God's miraculous power is using and resting on her. I'm reminded of a friend of ours, a, a Pastor Alan Bradley, a young man, a young wife. They had to have a couple of kids and a, a young church to try to turn around and go, well, one of their kids had some high needs. This young man is, is, is full of, of, of disabilities and challenges in his life, and it takes all they can as a couple just to have that kid function day to day. And there was many times of exhaustion, many doctor's appointments, the thousands of dollars that it just excruciated them through the days. And yet when you meet Pastor Allen, he's a man of grace and strength. He's the man that's reaching out. How can I pray for you? And everyone knows that we need to pray for you. How can that happen? How can you be that kind of person when you're so broken and needy and weak? It's because he's allowing God's power to rest on him and their, their afflictions and their disabilities to flow through them. So what does this take for God's sufficient grace that can turn our weakest moments into our strongest moments? Maybe you're going through something very um, uh, painful, 
you don't know how to deal with this. You're wrestling with God. Can I, can I give you these simple um, suggestions here? One is to have the faith to surrender God. It, it's a spiritual decision. We, we've been talking about surrender. It's a mark of maturity. We say, God, I, I'm going to release this to you. I'm going to trust you and give it to them so that God's power can rest on you. And secondly, to, to shift and see the weakness as an opportunity for God's power to rest on you. Instead of resisting God, instead of being mad at God, say, oh, maybe God can do something I've never thought about in the midst of this suffering or disability or season in my life. Make the shift and see God's power rest on and through your weakness. Now, on this sobering holiday of remembering those who have passed through the door of death, let us be confident that when we come to our day, our moment where we have to pass through the door of death, God's grace will be sufficient. I'm going to encourage you to pray with me, maybe at your home or wherever you're viewing this today. Let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this principle in the Word of God. Um, you know, God, how many people have been suffering this last year. You know how many people are up against it this week uh, and might be into some real trouble next week. But God, we're so thankful that your amazing grace will be there in the midst of our darkest, hardest moments, including death. Some that are watching today, some might be sitting here, they know of someone that is, that is up against it. Uh, they just don't know how to solve it. They prayed, and there's affliction, and there's agony, and, and there's hurting. God, would you be with them? May your grace, amazing grace, rest on them. We know that life can change immediately. There can be suffering. God, help us to lean into your sufficiency, the adequacy of your grace, your presence to be with us and carry us in our darkest moments. And God, give us the courage to release it, to surrender it by faith and see how your power manifests itself through our weakness and miracles and inspirations and help will be seen by others. We thank you for your love that you never let us go. Your grace will be sufficient. We praise you and love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.